We'll never have to go to school and forced into submission by monstrous crabby teachers who will make us learn addition. Welcome to Radio Preschool. out first and mm-hmm. then, you and then I it? colored in. Yeah. Is this your longest piece here? Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? Yeah. I'm seven. Candy again, she's thinking. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get home, she's thinking. She got black teeth. <laughs> and there's like a girl candy. like yeah sitting at the bed. Well, she's the sick or, no, no, Oh okay, she's in the <laughs> Dreamy with the lamps. Here mom, thank you. Her mom's sick. I like the colors. I like the fact that you leave the white around there. It's easier to see the characters like that. So it's neat. Mm-hmm. It has glass in it. Ha ha ha! You little brunt. She put glass inside the hot water bottle <laughs> instead of water. And what's this down here? That's glass? That's a glass mm-hmm. falling out in the water bottle. What is that head. you're drawing with? Is that marker? Yeah. And then she's going to school. And she sees this one girl. This is great, she's thinking, got a snowball there. This girl plays in the flute Very there. good, like, yeah, and the snowflakes. She hits yeah. her in the bum, and mm-hmm. she goes flying 50 feet in the end, and the flute goes out of her hand. Ha ha ha, she's clapping. And then look, the flute falls in the heap on her head. You know, there's snow there, and then, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the snowball hit her head, and then, her throat got stuck inside and she's saying that aloud. Very good. It's like a comic book. All she needs now is a cover and a... Was that the cover? At the dentist? Not really. No? I wasn't really making a cover. No, I like the characters. See, are these your best uh, things or just the most recent ones? Um, the most recent ones. Yeah. I was doing the stupid alien ones, but... Mm-hmm. Like the chicken. Those are good. Excellent. <laughs> I was practicing my high heel shoes and then I decided that. That's the thing is, drawing just practice my drawing all the time, right? More. What kind of cartoonist do you like? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what, do you read any of the ones in The Spectator? Um, no. Ever me read Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes? Uh, in yeah. the books? Yeah. He's a really good yeah. Uh, drawer. Yeah. yeah. He's retired now, though, isn't he? Did he just stop? Calvin Hobbes is not in the newspaper anymore, is it? 
one time I read this Calvin Hobbes one when Calvin's it's Christmas and Calvin's getting his pictures taken so they can put them in the cards and send them mm-hmm. so the relatives don't have to come and see him. They can just send pictures. So then they comb his hair, they put him in his tie and stuff. They make him look like a gentleman. They make him sit down and his dad's like, he's getting his camera ready. And then his dad says, now make a big smile. And then when he takes a picture, one, two, <laughs> and he makes an ugly face. And then they start to waste film. So then Calvin's dad says, okay, Calvin, just put a good smile. Calvin's like this. And then his dad takes a picture and he's, <laughs> and then it looks really funnier. I'm not good at making them, but it looks funnier. I laughed my head off when I first saw it. And then when the mum and dad are looking at the pictures of that, what well, dad took, then Calvin's mum says, it looks like him all right, except for the combed hair. <laughs> so when you were seven, Gord, what were you, were you doing? Drawing and stuff? I always, always been drawing. I was always one challenging ki- other kids who'd come over to drawing contests. You know, and they'd eventually they'd be like, yeah, of course, just draws too much. And so I just, I just challenged them just so I could, you know, be good at <laughs> So I was like, you know, draw, 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 draw. Yeah. Like I, I think I said yesterday, or if you had two or three good concussions, that can really help you be a good artist. Not that I'm, you know, saying I'm a good artist, but you know, I had some good concussions. <laughs> good wax in the head, you know. Well, what you're doing is it looks, it's great. Good thing to get is start keeping a sketchbook with you all the time, like a little book with a like some kind of pages that don't rip out necessarily, ones that you can keep. Then you can look, you know, five years from now and go, oh, there's a good idea in there, and use that for something, you know. Sometimes you're you're ever sitting there trying to draw and you can't think of something. You know, and you're like, what am I going to draw? And then you ask your mom. They usually say, draw a cow or something, right? But, uh, you know, so if you have these old sketchbooks, they become like this library of ideas. You know, even if your drawing's not that, sometimes the uh, the ideas are really good. And then you can, you know, take it and use it later on, right? But just having with you and draw things, draw buildings and all that stuff is good for you too, right? But, yeah, I was always drawing when I was, yeah, never stopped drawing. Yeah, we used to get my friend Rick and I and uh, my brother Tom. We used to get in Rick's basement and we made like books. We get those duotangs, you know, with the pages you put in. You know, the three hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, just normal paper. And we'd make like comic books. We made up these crazy characters, but we were into really demented stuff from, you know, the get go. I think because Rick's dad was a cop and he tells all these horrible stories about if you go to Jackson Square you'll get murdered or something, right? So we were doing like crazy stuff. We made up characters. Those books are probably still around somewhere, but those were fun. Besides drawing a lot, did you also read comics a lot? Yeah, war comics and Mad Magazine, uh, Unknown Soldier, remember that guy? Oh, I, I think I, I've only ever seen a cover he of had, it in some other... He had bandages wrapped around his head, you know, but he was always, he was kind of like uh, a spy, too. But there's guys, there's a guy named Joe Kubert, he was like a great, you know, DC comics artist, and he did a lot of the covers for lots of different ones, but he did Enemy Ace, you know, great drawings of, you know... It's like a World War One fighter pilot, a German guy, but it was kind of psychological too. And he'd be walking through the woods and talking to himself, you know. And he'd go hunting with this wolf that he had as a pet, stuff like that. Yeah, no, Mad Magazine, lots of that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Or Cracked Magazine, started in the seventies. Oh yeah. EC Comics was William William M. Gaines's father. Kind of, I don't know if he invented comics, but other people he took comics that were in newspapers. Like the color comics every weekend and compiled them and made little comic books out of them. He was kind of the first guy to do that, I guess. 
So that was William M. Gaines' father. I think I can't remember his name. Max Gaines, maybe, in early you know early 1900s or whenever it was, and uh, compiled those and started selling them like a compilations of comics. And then his son, uh, he died, and his son William M. Gaines took over, and uh, and started publishing these horror comics and detective comics. But he got the, the crazy artists like. Uh, Will Elder and Jack Davis and guys like that, and they did these crazy kind of insane, you know, things of people getting their heads cut off by axes and really ghoulish stuff. And so this guy, I think it's Julius Wortham guy, started this movement to like, uh, you, you know, coming out in the, uh, and, you know, in the newspaper saying they're bad for the minds of the adolescents. They shouldn't should ban these comics. And so they sort of like burning comic like books, and, roll, and they dragged them before I think the. Uh, the Senate House Subcommittee, uh, maybe even the McCarthy thing, I'm not sure, you know. Mm. But it was, it was dragged them in front of that, and, and William M. Gaines tried to defend the comics. Ended up, they created the, uh, you remember that little logo? It was like a stamp, it was like the Comics Code Authority approved by, oh, okay. which meant it was safe for kids to read. It didn't have any decapitations or murders or crazy stuff. And they had guys like checking everything, so that you, you know, it was like a censorship, right? So, uh, you know, the guys that go through and, and actually white things out. And there's a, a movie that explains it a bit as a uh, comic book confidential documentary oh, yeah. by a uh, Canadian guy, Ron Mann. Anyway, yeah, so there used to be this board. They'd censor comics, you know, and make sure there's nothing weird in it and all that. So that's what William M. Gaines kind of like stopped publishing those things because it was just getting too hard to do. He couldn't do what he, he wanted to do. He got around the Comics Code Authority. Comics are like the standard 7 by 10 inch or whatever they are. He made Mad Magazine, which was slightly bigger than that, and he made it a magazine. So it wasn't a comic book, it was a magazine with comics in it. And he did, he went more into like humor and satire and stuff. It was still kind of wacky, right? And he had, so a lot of the artists who did those EC comics went and started doing that stuff, like Jack Davis, Will Elder, and a whole bunch of other guys I can't think of right now. And, you know, that's since the 50s and just kept going since wow. then, right? So, so it, was a, it was a Mad Magazine came out of, like, the McCarthyist era then. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But William M. Gaines is, like just kept doing it, and he was quite an eccentric guy, right? And then there's Madeline Kay, who uh, is the next generation of, uh, you know, psycho artists. Yeah. <laughs> just going to be drawing stuff. Are there, are there Too bad you can't girls? see the crazy face she's making on the, on the tape. <laughs> <laughs> are there a lot of women artists? Or no? uh, I mean, I mean, comic book artists? Comic book artists? Yeah. I think men? for a long time it was like men, yeah. yeah. Just men predominantly. There are a lot more now, you know, yeah. tons more. Some of the early ones, the only one I can think of, I always used to see her name in comics, was uh, Marie Severin. I think it was Marie Severin. She used to color comics because they used to, like, one person would draw, do the pencil drawings. And then they would take the pencil drawings and give it to a guy who'd do the inking part. And then the guy who did the inking part then would give it to someone who would color it in. Really? And there's this lady named Marie Severin. She was like an expert at coloring comics. And they, for some crazy reason, they always stuck to these same colors all the time. There was no reason for it, really. But it's just the primary, you know how you know primary they look, but that's what they did, right? Well, now there's Linda Berry. Yeah, she used to be in Now Magazine, right? Ernie Poop. Yeah, comic. There's... Uh, Stuff in National Lampoon, Sherry Flanagan and Trots and Bonnie. Remember any of that stuff? It's a female. Mary Kay Brown, she did some crazy comics for National Lampoon in the 70s. I think she's still around. Robert Crumb's wife is a cartoonist, yeah.
listening to Radio Frisco on CFMU. My name is Carlos, Roy Carlos. It was my future brother-in-law started me when I was interested when I was about nine. I think he only did it to get me out of the hair when he was courting my sister, you know. <laughs> and But I used to draw stuff at school, like for the Christmas on the board. School books were just filled with little sketches, you know. I had my first cartoons published when I was 14. They were in the Magna Carta. They were on the Ecclesian. Remember the Magna Carta? They had a little paper, you know. I think they still got it, too. But they destroyed all the records. I did a lot of cartoons. They were about school and rugby and stuff like that. They were nothing political. It took a long time for me to get politicized, you know, as I grew into the work, into the work active in the union, you know, and then my wife encouraged me a lot. And then I got to the point where I was drawn for the union here just locally and for leaflets and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, it was Duncan McPherson, my wife, she went down to him, you know, I didn't. So he wrote, as the final thing, as I gave him some of the copies of the drawings, and he gave, sent me back a five-page letter. I got it home, handwritten. This is how I draw cartoons. He's the only guy, I'm the only guy in the world he ever wrote to. Told him the whole world changed him because I was doing things that were wrong in the cartoons. Uh, I'm Joe Ullman, and uh, the comic strip I did in the Hamilton Spectator for five years was called Job's Palace. And I do a strip in Exclaim magazine out of Toronto right now, which is doesn't have a name. Changes every month. Um, I, I use all kinds of different names, like Joe Oatmeal or whatever, Monsignor Joe Ullman, whatever it appeals to me. I've been doing the WAG for about, I guess, about 10 years now. Um, uh, I, I, with that, I publish it and print it and draw it. and I learned how to work printing presses, and, and that's a good way to... to uh, to, to get things printed for cheap, like you'd work at a print shop and sort of steal paper and uh, photocopy things for free. It's a very anarchist thing to, to do, anarchist way of publishing things. I mean, that's something I've always done, I've always drawn, and uh, I just found like in, in high school it was a good way to, uh, you know, uh, win friends and influence people if you could sit there and draw, you know, dirty cartoons and uh, impress the, them with your... Your, uh, you know, your filthy humor. When I first started drawing comics, I was drawing like superhero comics, like because I was obsessed with, with all of that superhero crap. And um, and then as I was drawing these superhero comics, it was always with this um, influence of the kind of books and strange books and strange movies that I that I was watching. So these superhero comics would be very twisted. There would be really disturbing, crazy. They weren't superhero comics anymore, and eventually just sort of became. Uh, I stopped doing the superhero kind of stuff and and just did straight comics. My name is Jack Leftcourt, and the cartoon is just uh, well, Leftcourt. It's doesn't have a name other than my name, which is typical, I guess, of political cartoons. The whole prehistory story of just that I've been drawing since I was a little kid and all that garbage. I'm sure you always hear. Uh, it would have been really in the, in about '85 when I was at U of W, and. Uh, submitted my first cartoon to the imprint there, the student paper, uh, and um, I think that maybe the first time you get published and you see your work there in print, it does give you enough of a buzz to try it again, and that gives you enough of a buzz to try it again, you keep going, and at a certain point when you get the slightest hint that 
that people are actually liking this, that this is not just because, you know, you can get, because it's a student paper, but people are responding, then it becomes a bigger buzz. And then just, you know what I mean? Like, and in time, after a year, and then two years, three years, it becomes unquestionable that, that you know, you don't know how you're going to turn this into a living. You don't know how, but you cannot not try, you know? <laughs> and that's sort of how, really how it all began. And certainly by the time I graduated, and by that time I had been, I was about 88, so I had been doing stuff for about three years at that point when I then headed out and, you know, tried to take a stab at the professional market. I'm going to write a, a story on the Calvin Hobbes comic strip from Yukon Ho. First I'll read the Yukon Ho poem they made themselves. <laughs> My tiger friend has got the sled and I have packed a snack. We're all set for the trip ahead, we're never coming back. We're abandoning this life we've led so long, Mom and Pop. We're sick of doing what you've said, and now it's going to stop. We're going where it snows all year, where life can have real meaning. A place where we won't have to hear your room could stand some cleaning. The Yukon is a place for us, that's where we want to live. Up there we'll get to yell and curse and act real primitive. We'll never have to go to school and forced into submission by monstrous crabby teachers who will make us learn addition. We'll never have to clean a plate of veggie gloops and goos. Messily we'll masticate using any fork we choose. The timber wolves will be our friends. We'll stay up late and howl at the moon till night time ends before going on the prowl. Oh, what the, a life! We can't wait to be in that arctic land. We'll, we'll be masters of our fate and lead a life that's grand. No more parental rules. We're heading for some snow. Good riddance to those growing up ghouls. We're leaving Yukon Ho! And I'm just going to read this Calvin Hobbes strip. That's it. You climb up and then help me up. Tigers are natural-born tree climbers. Of course, we usually have grappling hooks, ropes, and utility belts. Hey, here's a great tree for climbing. Let me get on your shoulders so I can reach the first branch, okay? Geez, how many bricks do you have in your pockets? Whoa, hold steady, you weakling. I've almost got it. Move up, move up, move up. Hurry and grab it before my spine telescopes. Got it. Hey, don't let go. Hold me up. Forget it. You can support your own weight, bowling ball butt. Mm -mm. I can't get up. Give me a boost. Hey, what are you doing? Don't take off my shoes. Are you nuts? Hey, stop. Ah, oh, no, don't tickle. Hee hee ha ha. Stop it. I can't hold on. Hee hee ho ho. Ah, nice landing. I'm probably paralyzed. Oh, except your mouth, obviously. I'm not sorry at all. Give me back my shoes. No. What do you like about Coven Hobbs? Well, it's funny. It's also kind of smart, but then it always ends up in a funny way. He thinks of smart things, but then Hobbes always does things like trip him over when he's like saying things like Hobbes are kind of dumb, for example. Then Hobbes sticks out his leg off and then he trips him over or he pushes him over or something. Hobbes is Calvin's tiger. He's really a toy, but he, whenever, whenever he's alone, it's, he pretends that he's real, but he might actually be real. And then he does quite a few naughty things. Naughty, funny, that kind of stuff. I think I'll read another one, okay? You know, some people never get to walk in a beautiful woods like this, while others of us face the prospect of never doing anything else. Oh, hush. We'll find our way home. You don't remember any of this? Nope, we're sure lost this time. If I had known we weren't going to find our way home, I'd have brought my coloring book. We could be out here for months. We'd better forage for shelter. 
This will be fun. We can be modern Robinson Crusoes, living off the land by our wits. We can be rugged explorers. Yeah, we'll be free from all the constraints of civilization. Oh boy. Hey, isn't that our backyard? Why, so it is. I don't care how long you'll be gone. I'm only making you one some. Do we have any rifles? And here's another one from Calvin and Hobbes. Hey, Dad, what are clouds made of? Hmm, I used to know that. I think they're mostly water. So how can they float? Well, it's sort of evaporated water. Maybe there's some other gases too. I'm not sure. So why are they white when the rest of the sky is blue? Heck beats me. I guess we ought to look this stuff up. I take it there's no qualifying exam to be a dad. Mute. Can you tell me what you saw, what other animals you saw when you went to Mountsburg? Owl. We saw one that looked like Hedwig in Harry Potter. A snowy white bird? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw bison. We saw bison. And we also saw eagles. And you know what? A golden eagle's wingspan is this big. How many feet is that? Do you know? How much? I'm not sure. As big as you, you mean? <coughs> As big as my arms can stretch. So I would think that would be like four feet? Or would it be more? We have to I find out. I think it's four feet. And then um, an owl would be Brahmin sized. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember, I think it's a turkey vulture. I think it's a turkey vulture's wingspan is like, it's bigger than daddy's arms. Wow, over six. Oh, an eagle probably. No, not an eagle. Turkey, that's, turkey. I think it's a turkey vulture. I oh. think it's something called diff- different, but I'll just say a turkey okay. vulture. It was from here uh-huh. to here. Enormous. And what about that huge animal that you saw? That oh, the bison. There was a whole bunch of small little bi- women bison. There was huge bison. It was like um, from the floor, uh-huh. a couple feet from 
the ceiling mm -hmm. and its head was so big I can't describe it. Well, and its horns, yes. they were like a foot. as big as a ruler. Mm -hmm. A foot. 12 inches mm -hmm. and um, there was so much hair he couldn't even, if he tried he couldn't use his, his um, his horns because the hair, there was so much hair, it, it was like the, the horns were touching the hair. It was gigantic. And Brahman, you told me you saw a peacock. It was blue and it was blue and green. Blackish. And it was showing off that day. Yeah. It opened up its wings. And showed its bum. They were. It was from Bromwyn's neck mm -hmm. to... Bromwyn's feet. So probably like three feet. Yeah. No, from Bromwyn's head to her feet. So four feet then. Mm -hmm. Wow. Was it beautiful? What was the best animal that you liked there? Um, my oh, best yeah. one was Oh, we actually rabbit. saw a deer. We saw a deer. My oh. one was um, a rabbit, a snow white one. Oh, mm -hmm. I can see you like snowy white animals, eh? And we saw a white horse. <gasps> wow. Tell me about these animals. They were not well. They were rehabilitated, right? No, no. The, only the birds. Would they ever leave there? Well, there was one eagle that looked like it would never leave the cage because um, if it, it spread out its wings, if it spread out its wings, one wing would be perfect and the other one would be all bent and broken mm. and stuff. So the eagle would and never be able to fly. No. The eagle would never be able to fly again. Uh -huh. A broken wing. So you'd have to live there forever mm -hmm. until he dies. Yeah. If you had chose one animal from there, it would be the rabbit, right? If I chose one, mm. the the rabbit, the peacock, everything. Except for the bison and <laughs> the deer and the owl and the owls and the eagles. There's a wonderful park. It's the best. Oh, we played there for like an hour and a half, and then. Um, there's a store, so you go past the park, there's a little town in Mansburg where mm -hmm. we went, it's called Mapletown, and when we went to this one store we got these delicious lollipops, and we saw a bear that died, and they made, they put some stuff inside it so it could stand up, mm -hmm. real teeth, real fur, claws, it was as tall as that. So six feet. Six feet. But I thought I no no just like a little bit small. It mm -hmm. looked it looked like it was a like little this bit. This big. Yeah yeah. Big. It looked like it was a little bit. Um, bigger than man then. So it wasn't that big. Mm -hmm. Probably as big as me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Five feet. Five feet six. Five feet six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and anyway, there was an eagle mask, a butterfly mask. Um, a frog mask in the store there was there. Mm -hmm. There's candies. We had a great time. The end. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap myself in paper. I'm gonna daub myself with glue. Stick some stamps on the top of my head. I'm gonna mail myself to you. Contact Radio Free School at grassroots at hwcn.org or mail P.O. Box 19. 1280 Main Street West, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, L8S1CO.